We are in a theme called In the Beginning, and we started this last week, and my title for today is called Blended. Turn to your neighbor and say, Blended. Blended. You know, and we, um, we started this thing by talking about last week. I don't know if you guys have heard anybody called Albert Pujols, but he is a baseball player. He makes a few bucks a year, just a few. And he's always said, it's not how you start this season, but it's how you finish. It's not how you start the season, but it is absolutely about how you finish. And how do many of us know in our 35 years of living that we probably all want to finish our life well, right? How many of us know that we want to finish life well? We want to finish everything that we start, we want to finish it well, right? Is that not important to us? We want to finish well. We want to be there for our spouse, for our kids, for our grandkids, right? It is important to finish well. We know that Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. Very, very important to say at the very end. When you one day close your eyes and you take your last breath to say, God, I have remained faithful. God, I have fought every single day. And how many of us know that, that fighting sometimes is hard, Right? Sometimes it's even more difficult when you're fighting something that you can't see. It's really, really difficult when you're in a spiritual battle and you're fighting things that you absolutely can't see. So you're, you're swinging and you're taking punches, but you're not hitting anything. How tiring would it be every single day to be throwing punches at something that you can't see? But we do. Every single day. The Bible says, you know, the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. Every single day. His mission is to steal, kill, and destroy what is good in you. He's out there every single day lying to your face. He is lying to you. He's lying to me. He's lying to all of us. And sometimes we embrace those lies because it sounds, ah, that's, that's, that's probably right, devil. Yeah, you're probably right. And other times we get mad and upset and we, we start swinging. Paul said at the end of his life, I have fought the good fight. I have remained faithful every single day. We are all fighting something. All of us in here, we are fighting and we're battling something. Whether it's our eyesight, whether it's our health, our heart, whether it's money, whether it's finances, whether it's family. Every one of us are toilets, septic tanks, right? All of us, we all have issues and all of us deal with things different every single day. But the end of our life, to smile right before we pass, to say, God, I have finished. God, I gave every single thing that I have. God, I fought hard. I fought with everything within me. God, and I have finished. To finish well. And it's important to finish well. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he's a new creation, a new creature altogether. And the old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. When you accept Jesus in your heart, the Bible says you become a brand new person. Isn't that exciting? You know, to think about when you ask Jesus into your life to become a completely new person. If you didn't like you yesterday, just dedicate your life to God again today, right? Start all over. If you didn't like who, who you were a year ago, two years ago, give your life to Jesus Christ. Let him make you a new person. We know that quote from um, C.S. Lewis said that, um, oh, where'd you go? You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And there starts our theme in the beginning. God is a God of beginning. Defined 
is order and rank in a certain season and moments. God is a God of beginnings. And the question is, as we start this theme, is where is God asking you to begin again? Where is God asking you to begin again? Because many of us begin projects and then they just get pushed to the side. And not, not physical projects, not, not any projects around your house, because I have a long list of those in my house, right? We're not talking about those. And yes, I need to begin again on those. But spiritually, spiritually, just for you, not anybody else, where is God this morning asking you to begin again? Our text this morning comes from Genesis. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 19. And it says this. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose for a name for each one. And he gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. And again, this is my main text this morning. If we were to take a magic eraser, I don't know if you know what a magic eraser is, but if you were to take a magic eraser, is there anything that you would like to erase that's behind you? Is there anything in your life that you would like God to just take a magic eraser and start erasing things? You know, some of the things in our life that we don't like, some of the things that we've been through up to this point that we don't appreciate, they play a part in who you are today. And many of us, were not proud of, of past choices. But there and again, that's why God is asking you today. It's time to begin again. We look at the beginning and we see that God created the heavens and the earth. We know that God created light, which is illumination. We saw that God created and separated light from darkness. God created the water, which is 72% of this earth, this planet that we live on, 72% is water. God created dry land. God then created plants. There's 391,000 different plants on our earth. God created trees. There's over 60,000 different variety of trees. God created the stars. To our own eyes, we can see basically 1 billion trillion stars with our eyes. I don't know if you've ever tried counting them, but if you go out at night when the, when the stars are out, basically there's 1 billion trillion, just to our eyesight, in the Milky Way, there's 100 to 400 billion stars. God created the stars, and not just the stars that we can see, but stars that exist all over the place. God created livestock. There's 15 million different livestock. And then we know that in creation, God finished with man. And on our planet today, there's 7.79 billion people on our planet today. God is a creator. So my question as we get started this morning, with all that God created, God created, and I just listed, you know, real quickly some basic things that God created and different amounts that he created. And he created the beautiful ocean, which I don't know if any of you love the ocean out there. We love the ocean, right? The ocean, all the, all the animals that are in, in the water. God created the sand. God created grass when it grows if you water it. God created all the livestock animals and God created us. God spoke all of this stuff into existence. The light, the darkness, the sun, the moon, all of these amazing things. But the question I have is, why did God come to Adam, Genesis 2.19, with all that he already did 
And why did he ask Adam to name the animals? Why did God ask Adam to name the animals? And to me, that seems like a pretty big job, right? If there's, if there's thousands and hundreds of thousands, there's birds and there's livestock that he's got to go through, why did God ask Adam, why did he ask him to do that? It's a really, really big job. I don't know about you, do you remember your first job? Your very first paying job where they took taxes out. I know for me, my first paying job was I was a food server at the beautiful village here in Hemet, California. All of us can remember probably our very first job. Do you remember the very first day when you walked into the job or, or maybe when the, the application process? And I, I don't know about you, but have you ever felt, did you feel overwhelmed or maybe a little bit of anxiety on that very first day of this, oh my gosh, it's my first job. This is Adam's very first job. Adam's very first job is to name all the animals that are on the planet at this time. Every single one. And to me, that, that blows my mind. This is a really big job. For your very first job, it wasn't like, hey, can I go, you know, swim with the dolphins for a little bit or, you know, go surfing and do this. Or, hey, God, I need to take a break. You, um, you know, let's rest again. Let's rest three days a week and not seven. God gave Adam an, an enormous job. And, and I have to ask myself, how overwhelming, how many different thoughts and feelings and emotions did he feel in that moment? And, and it is an, an, a big, an enormous job. And at the same time, as Christian believers today, there's one job that he asked us to do. When he was leaving here to go to heaven, he turns to 11 disciples and he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations. He was talking to the current 11 disciples who then passed on to their disciples, who then passed on to their disciples, who passed on to their disciples, which brings us to where we are today. The one thing that he asked you to do, the one thing that he asked you to do, he didn't ask you to get a career, though that's important because we got to pay bills. He didn't ask you to become a professional athlete, right? God asked you to make disciples, people, not disciples of yourself, but disciples of Jesus Christ, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. Now, to me, that's a big job too. Not as big as naming all the animals, but some of us this morning would say, I'd rather name all the animals than make disciples. God needs you today to be a disciple or maker. God's put you in this moment and in this time and in this season in 2021, at this point and at this age in your life, you have gone through the good and bad and everything in your life up to this point. Why? So that you can make disciples. Again, not of you, not of me, but disciples of Jesus Christ. It's the one job, the one job, number one job that he's asked us to do. And making a disciple, that doesn't mean that someone's saved. Disciple speaks of training. Despite the being, making a disciple speaks of education. God's put us here to be educators of the gospel. To speak, like, like Joel said, Sixto's the wisest man in this room other than my dad. Now he said Sixto, but I'd have to say my dad as well, right? Yeah, give a little love to my dad. He's a little older. 
But all the wisdom that we've learned up to this point, God is asking you to be an educator of the gospel, to speak with intelligence, to speak your mind, your heart, and your soul, to go through even just some of the things that we listed, all the, all the stars, all the beauty, all the ocean, all the livestock, every single thing that God made, it speaks not of us, but it speaks of him. Everything on this planet that God made, it reflects a creator. And so God put us here today to make disciples the one job. We're not here to go out and, and call people names. We're not here to do this and the that and worry about a career and worry about bills being paid, even though those things have to happen. The one thing, the one thing that he's asked you to do is to be a discipler. To make disciples. I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always. Again, God didn't notice, he didn't say, I want you to just go out, pray with somebody, have them receive, you know, Jesus Christ into their heart and be done. This speaks of time. This speaks of energy. This speaks of making sure that they get all the little things. I have a, a few lovely things up here that we're going to get to here in a minute. But you see I got a nice ba baby bottle, which I'm going to give to Aaron at the end so he can enjoy some milk or give to his girls. I've got a sippy cup, so if anybody has any little kids at home that enjoy sippy cups, I have a few of those. And then I have a bottle of Coke, which of course is already spoken for by my kids. And then I have two flowers that we're going to get to. God's put you here with a big job. And as Adam was given this big job, I think that he could be overwhelmed for a second. 74% of the people felt overwhelmed last year. 74, obviously during COVID, we know it was a crazy time of year. But 74% of the people on this planet felt overwhelmed last year. And I think going more than just COVID, many people feel overwhelmed with life. And how many of those feelings from last year have carried into 2021? How many feelings of last year of feeling overwhelmed, feeling depressed, feeling upset that life has changed? How many different emotions and feelings have we carried? I don't know if you've ever been on a airplane. I don't know if you remember the good old days when you can bring as many, you know, suitcases as you wanted and you didn't have to pay for them. So it's like, I'm going to pack for one month, but I'm going for two days, right? That's how some of us look today. We're, we're carrying around so many suitcases full of emotions. We're carrying around so many different bags of stuff that we're carrying. Yes, we've, we've asked God into our heart. Yes, we've become a new creation. But there are still things in our life that are lingering. There's still thoughts of depression. There's still thoughts of loneliness. There's still thoughts of insecurity. There's still thoughts of being afraid. Being afraid of what God asked me to do. Being afraid to step out. Maybe to make disciples. There's still all these things. And all those things put together, it looks like us Christians are walking around with bags and suitcases. All of months and years that we've carried up to this point. Well, God's saying, you don't have to be overwhelmed. The definition of overwhelmed means to be buried or feel drowned beneath a huge mass. To be buried or drowned beneath a huge mass. Sometimes as believers, some of us feel the weight of a believer. And I'm supposed to act right. 
and I'm supposed to talk right, and I'm supposed to do all the little things that God asked me to do. And so some people, they take what they, they think God wants them to, and they put that weight upon themselves and feel so overwhelmed, drowned with trying to be a perfect Christian. Is there any perfect Christians? Then why, are, why do we put that weight on ourselves that I have to be the perfect Christians? Yes, God wants you to be, but you're perfect because of what he did, not because of what you did. An intense emotion which is difficult to manage. It affects our ability to think and act rationally. How many of us have ever made a mistake? And the mistake we made, it's because we were so overwhelmed that we did not think through things clearly. Was Adam overwhelmed with his first job? Are we overwhelmed with the job that God's given us today? Did Adam feel anxiety, which means a feeling of worry or nervousness, unease about an upcoming event or something that has an uncertain outcome? Did Adam, was he anxious about this first job? Like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta name these animals perfect. I gotta, I gotta look at all these animals and birds and I gotta be perfect in every single name. Was there any anxious thoughts inside of Adam? Is there any anxious thoughts inside of us? Anxiety is the number one mental disease that people deal with today. Anxiety, a mental illness, is the number one thing that people deal with today. It is the biggest thing that most people deal with. So worried, so nervous, so uneasy, always about something that we're not sure about. Did Adam feel anxiety? Do we feel anxiety? You know, you take a step back from this story and it's beautiful. God gave Adam a choice. And I didn't read it, but right before this part where we read today, God comes to Adam and he says, I've, I've made all of these beautiful trees and plants, the water, the sea, the land. I've made all of these things for you. And I put you here in a beautiful garden. This is a beautiful place to live. It's going to be amazing. 85 degrees all day long. All night long. Well, we'll go down to 70 at night. But during the day, 85, 70 at night, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be beautiful. All you have to do is take care of it. Tend the garden. You know, pull up a few weeds, do this, this. And then God says to him, you can have everything except for one tree. Have you ever asked, why did God create that one tree? Why did God put him in the middle of a garden where there was the tree of life, and then there's this other tree that if, if anybody touch it, Oh my gosh, you're going to die. Why did God do that to Adam? Why did God put, it's like having a Snickers bar on a hungry day right there. Don't touch it. Snickers satisfies. Why did God do that? You know, if God made man and woman and put them on this earth and said, everything is yours. You have to take care of it. It's your responsibility. And if God did not give man and woman a free choice, then Adam and Eve would be prisoners to the place that God created for them. They would be prisoners because they'd have no choices. They'd have no choices at all. How many of us have ever felt like a prisoner in life? I'm not free in this moment. I don't feel that I can be free in this moment. God didn't create people to be prisoners. He created us as humans with a, with a choice. And the craziest thing is the choice to do right and the choice to do wrong. The choice to be rewarded or the choice to pay for it. You know, we talk about tithing quite a bit. And we, why do we talk about tithing quite a bit? 
Because the Bible teaches clearly that if you tithe, God protects you. And he doesn't only just protect money, but he protects you personally. How many of us would love to have, you know, a 24-7 bodyguard walking around with us everywhere we go? It's got multiple guns and knives and samurai swords, so you don't ever have to worry. You're always protected. When you place your life into God's hands, but then you take something that's important to you, which to all of us is money, and you place that into his hands, it's like having that bodyguard 24-7. God is personally protecting and watching over you. You have the choice. You get to choose. Do you want to tithe or not tithe? Do you want to be rewarded or do you want to be punished? Do you want to feel the rewards of giving? A few weeks ago we talked about in tithing, God describes in the Bible there's three types of giving. There's tithing, which is a percentage of income that we give. He talks about seeds and planting seeds and offerings. Those also belong to the church and nobody else. And lastly, we talked about the first fruits, that all your first fruits, all the big things that, that we get blessed with in life are also meant to be given back to the church. Those three types of giving. And in doing those three types of giving, God promises to take care of you, not only financially, but spiritually, physically, every single area of your life. As we look at Adam this morning, and he's been given the responsibility to tend and take care of the very first place, the Garden of Eden, God gave him a choice. This morning, God has also given you a choice. And as you wake up every single day, you have the opportunity to be blessed, the Bible says, or cursed. Deuteronomy 30, 11 says, the command I'm giving today, it's not too difficult for you. It's not beyond your reach. It is not kept in heaven. So distant that you may ask, who will go up to heaven and bring it down so that I can hear and obey? It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask, who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey? No, the message is close at hand. It is on your lips. It's on your heart so that you can obey it. Now listen today. I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to keep his commands, decrees, regulations, walking in his ways. If you do this... You will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're about to enter and occupy. All of these things that God promises in his hands of reward. Such a beautiful, Deuteronomy is such a beautiful book of the Bible. All the things that God leads the Jewish people and Israelites through. One of the greatest ones, Deuteronomy 28. And listen to this. This is what God promises to reward you with. If you fully obey, not partially, if you fully obey the Lord your God, Keeping all his commands I'm giving you today, the Lord God will set you high above the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns, your fields will be blessed. Your children and crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets, breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you will be blessed. The reward that we get for following God, the reward that we get for choosing to do what's right every single day. And we get that opportunity. We're not prisoners. We're not prisoners in church. We're not prisoners in our houses. We get the choice to live freely every single day. We get that choice. And the greatest choice that you get is how prosperous do you want to be? How healthy do you want to be inside? 
How physically, mentally healthy do you want to be today? It's your choice. God gives you the choice. Adam was given a, a job to name all the animals. And in this time frame, names weren't just given randomly. They identified essential natures of creatures, assigning the function and the destiny, the name that determines the circumstances of every single animal. It was not just thrown out any name to any animal. It was something that was very, very important. Something to take serious. Kind of like your life this morning. Proverbs 22.1 says, choose a good reputation over great riches. You know, if we were here this morning and if we were to talk about money for a little bit longer, we would know that money is probably one of the things that causes most of us a lot of anxiety. Our future and making future choices for our kids, for our grandkids, for our babies. How many of us have spent hours and days and moments thinking about money and how life will end up? The writer of Proverbs says, choose a good reputation over great riches. And I like what Joel was talking about this morning, that sometimes we take stewardship too far. And some of us, we are taking stewardship too far. You're trying to plan your life and future based on what you think you need and what your kids are going to need. And at any moment, God can remove all of it. If your life, if your money is not in his hands, no matter how much you plan, guess what? Bye-bye, money's going to grow wings and be bye-bye. Your life today needs to be placed in his hands. Not your career, not your money, not your future. Your life and everything that you have building a good reputation, which God wants you to do. My question as we started this morning is why did God ask Adam to do this? And it's because God wanted to give authority, the authority that he said to Adam. The authority, which is a power or a right to give orders, to make decisions, to enforce obedience. I love that. Power or right to give orders, to make decisions, and to enforce the obedience. Adam takes up his right and his authority that God had given to him by naming all the animals. Responsibility, taking ownership of the moment in which God created him. This is the moment that God created you for. This is the time that God created you for. And God is asking you to step into this moment. And if there are things that we must begin again, you have to begin again and take ownership of the moment that he wants you to be a part of. Taking every single responsibility that he's given to you and doing your very, very, very best. So this morning I have some milk and I have some apple juice which everybody wants to drink that afterwards, you're welcome to. How many of us remember when we were a, a young baby, this is what we used to drink? Can you imagine if mom, when you were born, didn't give you mom's milk but gave you Coca-Cola? Can you imagine a newborn? As soon as they come out, nah, you don't need my milk, you need Coca-Cola. You need a little sugar rush. Or maybe instead of mom's milk, uh, you know what, I'm just going to give you juice. You don't need my milk, you're going to get juice. But if you look at kind of the stages in life, most of us, as a, as a newborn, we started with milk, graduated to juice, and then we got to Coca-Cola. As a Christian, there's a natural progression to your growth. You should be able to drink milk as a Christian when you became a new believer 
Because there's certain, how many of us know that in mom's milk, there's nutrients and there's things that mom has given to you that are so important. They're so important to your growth. They're so important to your nutrition. That drinking mom's milk, it's everything that you need, every single thing that you need, you're getting from this. But you know what we do as new believers? Many of us say, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip on the milk. This juice looks way cooler. Many of us as believers, we bypass what God wants to teach us because we want to gravitate what we want. There's so many different lessons. In the beginning of the world, there are so many lessons that God wanted us to learn. When you became a new believer, when you asked Jesus into your heart, there are so many things that God wanted to teach you that, it, okay, it's milk and it's plain and it gets boring after a while. And most of us said, God, I'm passing on that. I want to skip to this. God, I'm going to devote my life to just being graceful. And God's saying, yes, you have to be graceful, but there's still other things that I wanted you to learn. You didn't get it all. God wants you to finish your life well, but in order to finish your life well, you have to make sure that you have every single thing that you need in place. The definition of beginning, beginning is there's an order and there's a rank. And so what I want to say this morning is some of us have bypassed what God wanted to teach us because we wanted to move on to juice and Coca-Cola. So many people spend their life on just talking about healing and prosperity. And those are good things, right? It's like drinking Coca-Cola. It's a good thing, right, with a little ice on a, on a hot day. But if you skip right to the Coca-Cola and you miss the milk that God has for you, you know what happens? You become a believer with improper doctrine in your life. And then you can't make a proper disciple because you weren't trained properly. There are so many believers and Christians in our world today who they follow. You know who they follow? Themselves. I'm a believer and I ask God in my heart, but I have so many improper doctrines in my life because I didn't drink all my milk. I just went to the juice and I went to Coke or I went from the milk and I went to the Coke. I miss so many important things. When you think about hearing God's voice, many people when they become saved, they think that God's voice is their own voice. And sometimes as, as new believers, when you don't know how to hear God's voice, even the devil's voice to you seems, and to me at times, like it's God's voice. That's why it's vitally important if God has one job, one job, if he put you here for one job, if he put me here for one job, us here this morning for one job, to make disciples, then you have to probably grow in stages, right? You got to make sure that you got all the milk that you needed before you graduated to the juice. And you need to make sure that you got all the juice that you needed. We're not even going to Coca-Cola, it's not even good for you. Hurts your hair, your teeth, your bones. I just, I know that my kids would want it afterwards, so I'm a bad dad. But spiritually, that's what many of us do every single day. We want to bypass what God wants to give us to get what we want. And how can you finish well when you're trying to survive on what you want, which is unhealthy, which is not good for you? How are you trying to finish your life well? How are you trying to finish every single day well when you're trying to drink this? How many of us know if all we drank was Coca-Cola every single day, our bodies would be in bad shape? If this is all that we had every single day, our bodies would be mentally, physically, spiritually in bad shape. But that's exactly what some of us are doing. 
because we're neglecting the, some, the easiest little things, the milk that God wants you to take a sip of every single day, the little things that are important, that like in the beginning here, the little things that are super important for all of us. There's a story in the Bible of, uh, it's called the parable of the talents. And I'm not going to read it this morning because we're going to end here in a few minutes. But it's the story of a man who says he called some of his uh, managers, we'll call them the three general managers. And he called his three general manager to, managers to him and he said, listen, I'm going away on a trip. And so I'm going to give you some money. And as I, I go away on this trip, I want to see what you do with the money that I give you. And it says he gave five bags of gold to one. And it says he gave two bags of gold to another. And then he gave one bag of gold to the last guy. So three general managers. Seems like a good, good job, right, if you're a general manager. Right, if there's, there's people under you, if you run a store, you run a restaurant, you run a shop, you run Best Buy or Staples, or you run Apple, whatever you do, right, being a general manager sounds important. Here's three important people to this guy. There were three important people in this man's life. So important, he wanted to give them an opportunity, an opportunity. I'm going to give these three guys an opportunity, and I want to see what they do with the opportunity. Here's five bags of gold. Sounds awesome. Here's two bags of gold. Okay, not as good as the five, but I'll take it, right? And lastly, to the guy, he gave one bag of gold. The man leaves as it goes on his journey. He comes back and he finds that the man who had five bags of gold, he turned it into ten bags of gold. And the guy, the boss, he's like, wow, you're awesome. I know that you're a man, a person who takes responsibility serious, a man who takes ownership serious. I know that whatever I give you, I can trust you with because you're going to do something with it. He turns to the second general manager who he gave two bags of gold to and he says, wow, you're amazing. You took two bags of gold and you doubled it as well. You have four now. I know that what I give you, I can trust you with. You're not going to let anything fail. You're not going to let the lights be turned off and this be turned off. You're going to work hard to make sure you are producing. And then he gets to the last servant. And the last servant, he's got still... One bag of gold. And the man with one bag of gold says, sorry, you're kind of a rude boss. So I took that bag of gold, dug a hole, and I put it in the ground. And Jesus said, take this bag of gold from the man who has one and give it to the man who has ten. Because if you're faithful in little things, you're going to be faithful with much. But when you're dishonest with little you're also going to be dishonest with much. When it comes to spiritual growth, many of us this morning, we're like the one bag of gold. We are not doing daily the things that it needs. We're not doing the little things daily to have a vibrant, growing, passionate life with Jesus Christ. God's only given us one life. God's only given you one life. And we can't, we can't, we can't base our Christian life on just church alone. God wants you to come to church. Yes, he wants you to come to church, to be inspired, to inspire one another. God wants you to be here inside of a building, to worship, to raise your hands, to clap, to sing, to shout, to be there for the people you're next to. God wants you to. But at the same time, you can't base your growth on Sundays or Wednesdays. You have to base your growth on what you do every single day. God says, I gave three guys 
bags of gold and opportunity. Just like this morning, he's given you bags of gold. He's given you opportunity not to build a name for yourself, not to build a career, not to build your bank account, but to build something amazing for him. God gave Adam a big job, overwhelming, probably anxious, but he stepped up and he did the job with everything that he had. And you know what he got out of it? He got a beautiful woman. What's better than that, right? He got married. What happened to the guys in the story who were given bags of gold? Those who did well with what they had, God blessed with more. And I want to ask you this morning, your spiritual growth this morning, how serious do you take your spiritual growth? I have two plants. I'm going to end with this. This plant here looks okay, right? Probably doesn't look as nice as this one though, right? This one, for some of you are thinking, well, there's some greenery, there's some shrubbery, right? It looks okay. But still this one does look better. When it comes to life, godliness and church, you know what we do? If we at least have the appearance of looking okay, uh, it's okay. Ah, uh, if I at least just try to look okay, it's okay. But you know what we do sometimes? We just kind of mess things up with life and just kind of start making messes. And you know what's funny with, with being a Christian? When we don't feel right, when life gets turned upside down, you know what we do? We don't take ownership of ourselves, we point fingers. Instead of striving to be this every day, instead of taking the gold that God's given to you and turning it into even more, when life gets turned upside down, when we bury our head in the sand, what is the first thing that we do? We blame somebody else. I can't tell you how many people I've offended in my 44 years of living. And that's so exciting to say, 44. But at the end of the day, my offenses, I know, are very shallow compared to the deep things that people deal with. And what people are dealing with, they want to use it as an excuse to say they're offended at me. Does your spiritual growth depend on me or depend on you? It should depend on you. If God said, go and make disciples, was it asking me to make disciples for you or you to make disciples for him? If it's the one job he's asked us to do, if it's the one big job he asked Adam to do, the one big job he's asking you to do, how is your job going? Do you deserve a raise yet? How many of us, if we have a career, and, and believe me, this year at my job, I'm going to be begging for a raise. But the actions that I've worked hard this year up to this point, they have put me in a place where I can definitely ask for it. As a Christian, if your actions the past year, have you put enough into it to say, God, it's time for that raise? Does your spiritual growth look like this? Or are you upside down and pointing fingers? Stand with me. We're going to close and pray.
My title this morning was called Blended, and we're going to end in a worship song, and we're going to end with this title. I didn't have the chance to do this, but what I wanted to do was actually take the Coke, the milk, and the juice and mix it together. How many of you would think that's just so disgusting? If we were to take that, and we can do this. If we, we all want to try it, we can, we, we can get a little cup, and we'll mix the Coke, the milk, and the apple juice together. That's gross, right? All right, we'll let Joel do that. He's going to do milk and Coke. Joel's going to do the milk and Coke. But see, spiritually, that, this sounds disgusting. But why are you spiritually living a blended life? Because you're taking things that, not, that are not meant for you and you're blending it with the milk and juice. Stop blending what doesn't belong to you. What God has given to you, it's for you only and nobody else. If God only gives you milk, then be happy with the milk that he gives you. God made you beautiful and handsome just the way that you are. Stop comparing with the juice and the Coca-Cola. If all you get is milk in life, take the milk and do the best that you have with the milk that you're given. If juice is all you get and that's all that God has given you, take the juice of what he gives you and do your very best. But at no point does God want you to live a blended spiritual life. We don't help people when we're blended. We don't help people when we're taking a little bit of this person and a little bit of this person. And we don't help when we're, we're listening to the devil too much over here. It doesn't help being so blended. Because you know what it does at the end of the day? It takes away from the one job he's put you here to do. We have to be, we have to stop ourselves from being so spiritually blended. And just focus on the one thing that he's put you here to do. You have a long ways to go. Long life to live. We have many more years, 30, 40, 50 years of living. Let's go out today and live the very best life that God has given to us. Taking whatever bag of gold that we get and multiplying by taking ownership, responsibility. And doing the one job with all of our hearts. God, we come to you this morning. We thank you for this day. God, we thank you for a beautiful Sunday morning. God, we thank you for the opportunity to know you, to worship you. God, we thank you that it's just as you gave Adam a very big job, God, that you've also given us a very big job. God, if we're honest this morning, most of us in here, we have all failed at the one job that you've asked us to do. God, if we look back the past 20 years, 15 years, however many years that we've been a believer, God, we just say right now, God, we're sorry because we haven't done our very best. We haven't made the disciples that you've asked us to make. We put our focus on so many different things and money and jobs and careers and this and that and other things. We've been so blended in our spiritual life. We're trying to take from this person and that person and this person and that person that we're not growing properly. And so God, this morning, we just come to you and we apologize. God, help us this morning. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to stop being so blended and start giving everything that we have for the one job you put us here to do. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.